I love the summer. I don't know about you guys, but I love summertime. I love that the, the light stays out late. I, lo I just, I love the heat. I just don't love the humidity. So Brandon, I'm believing that, that, uh, that what you just said just disrupted the humidity. Um, yeah, I didn't move here for that. I didn't, but my friends on the East Coast always get mad when I complain about um, humidity because they live in it and we get sunny and 75 all year long. So I'm gonna stop complaining about it. But I love summer because it always reminds me of childhood. It reminds me of growing up and going on vacations because we had school off. And, you know, I was blessed. We got to vacation to some cool places. But one place um, I really enjoyed and still do to this day is uh, Disneyland. Got any Disney fans up in here? Wow, okay. Quite a bit. Any Six Flags fans up in here? Okay. All right. Why are you all hanging together? This is really interesting. Y'all are crazy. I don't believe in Six Flags. Uh, my wife... I know, I whoa, I defended some people already. That's great news. My wife loves Six Flags. I don't really get it. All the roller coasters, like, I just, I don't know. It's a lot. So, uh, but Disneyland is awesome. And, uh, and I remember the first time I went to Disneyland as an adult. Because you know when you go into your kid, your parents plan everything. And it's like, just like a breeze. You just go and you do everything. You meet Mickey Mouse and you, you know, you just do everything. And, uh, and everything just seems, it's just like a wonderful memory. And then I went as an adult. And, uh, and we, we showed up a little late. We were kind of casual. Because you know when you go as a kid and your parents make you go get up super early and you have to get there like when the park's open and just all this stuff. And, uh, and I think I underestimated how much there was to do and how much there was to see and, and how long the lines would be. I remember leaving at the end of that day, the first time coming like, by myself as an adult with a group of friends. And I remember leaving exhausted um, and, and honestly pretty disappointed uh, disappointed that I didn't get to go on Space Mountain. Uh, disappointed that I spent many hours in line, in long lines, excruciatingly long lines. And uh, disappointed, but slightly impressed with the amount of money I spent on churros. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been, $9 churros, but they are like heavy, they're incredible. So um, I just remember, uh, I remember that. And, uh, and then in between that time, so the first time, and then the next time I went, I, my friend told me about this thing called a fast pass. Anybody know what a fast pass is? Oh, you did, you're like, obviously. Well, I didn't, okay. And, uh, and I didn't know that it was free. I didn't know it just came with my ticket. I didn't know that I could have used it the first time I went. And what a fast pass is, some of you who, who are not as familiar with Disney, um, is it's basically a pad, it's a thing that allows you to experience Disneyland uh, at its fullest meaning you get to go on rides, you get to skip some lines. It's just the whole thing. It's an incredible, it's an incredible gift um, from Walt Disney. But what, what I was thinking as I was preparing this message was how interesting it was that just the same way that Disneyland created fast passes for you to get the best out of your experience, so did God create community to get the most out of life. And some of you are saying, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Both are free, but you can spend your whole life missing out if you don't know how awesome they are. Both make your overall experience much richer, and both accelerate what you get to see, do, and accomplish. Now, can you experience Disneyland without a fast pass? Sure. Will it be as fun, memorable, enjoyable? Will you eat as many churros? Probably not. Probably not. Now, can you do life without community? Sure. Will your life be as fun, purposeful, joyful, make awesome memories, you could probably still eat churros. Probably not. So the point is, God has designed our life to function very simply, I've found. We can, and he wants us to, be in relationship with him, 
be in relationship with each other in community. And those, it's really that simple, to love him, love each other. And I found that we can, if we want the worst of life, we do neither. So if you want to live the worst life ever, which, how many? Just a, why did you, I'm just kidding, nobody raised your hand. Uh, then you will not live in relationship with God, and you will not live in relationship with people. Now, if you want the next level up, which is still, it's better, but it's, it's still not great, is you have either relationship with God, meaning you go to heaven, but your life here sucks if you don't have community, or you have community, but you don't get heaven. Make sense? So that's the next layer. The best level is when you are in relationship with God and you are in healthy relationship with people so that your life is epic here and you get to go to heaven. How many say amen to that? Amen. We all want the best that life has, to, life has to offer. And so if we want God's purpose and plan to come to pass in our life, we need to do it in relationship with him and in community. So the title of this message today is God's Fast Pass. Let's take a look. Our team is incredible, seriously. So in our church, and what I'll talk about today, and just like we're talking about Connect Sunday, Connect Groups is our way of saying community. So if I say community, or if I say Connect Groups, or if I say friendships, or I say relationships, it's kind of all the same thing. So if I say one, I'm kind of saying everything. Now, there are many forms and expressions of community that we see in our world today. Let's say you're in elementary school. You have, you know, you have playground friends, and then you have friends that you go over to their houses. Like, uh, you know, you have like sleepover friends. So you have two different types of friends. If you're in junior high and high school, you're either on a team or you're in a club. If you're in college, you have fraternities, you have sororities, or you have clubs. If you're an adult, you have work colleagues, you have neighbors. If you're a parent, you have work colleagues and then your kids' friends' parents. If you're a mom, you have a walking group most likely. And uh, <coughs> there's a really good one. They're very consistent. They meet on Mondays in Cardiff, and they're very fast. So if you can keep up, I'd recommend joining them. Carmel Valley, they're a little bit slower. Um, and that one's, on, that one's on Fridays, I believe, uh, around noon. So if you find them, I would encourage you to join them. Uh, <laughs> cyclists have cycling groups. If you do not believe me, you have not been to Encinitas on a Saturday. There are a ton of connect groups, and I even saw one on my way in this morning, and they were moving very fast. So either one, it's your picking. Now, as believers, as people who follow Jesus, we have been gifted with the community of God, a.k.a. the church, a.k.a. what we're doing right now. So whether or not you follow Jesus currently, you believe in him, you're a human being, right? All humans in here, maybe a dog, who knows? The point is we all need community. You were wired that way. Why? Because God created you. He created me, and he's a loving father. He's a parent. And what do parents want? Parents want their kids to love them, to love their siblings, and to have an awesome life. So God, being a loving father, wants us to love him, love each other, and have an epic life. Right? Wow. Suddenly following Jesus wasn't so complicated. Never has been. Now, I found that God loves community so much, it was actually the very first thing he did when he began his ministry. It wasn't water to wine, it wasn't raise somebody from the dead, and it wasn't even leading a worship service. Even though if Gerald was around, I'm sure he probably would have done that. But the first thing he did, if we look in verse, uh, John 1, verse 37, it starts with the two disciples, so they were actually disciples not of Jesus, but of John, the Baptist, who was Jesus' cousin, heard John speak about Jesus, 
And so they then followed Jesus. So they heard about him. Jesus wasn't preaching. He wasn't teaching. He wasn't talking. He just had someone talk about him and say, hey, man, this guy's really legit. And, uh, and then G- he said more than that, but I'm paraphrasing. Uh, then Jesus, I heard some of you like, he's the son of God. Why would you say it? He said that. But then Jesus turned and seeing them following said to them, what do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher, where are you staying? And they were doing that not to come and hang out with him, but they actually did that so that later on they could go find him and ask him a bunch of questions because apparently his theology was, you know, a bit radical, as it were. And he said to them, come and see, which is something a rabbi would not have done at the time. I know this because I, I grew up Jewish, so I have a little bit of experience in this context. And, uh, and they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. So the very first thing that Jesus did in his ministry was not lead a worship service, was not do a miracle. He ran a connect group. And it was the beginning, and y'all laugh, but it's true. He may not have called it that, but now we do. And uh, from there, it was literally that moment when those two disciples, and then it led on to be 10 others, joined him, started doing life with him, and then flipped the world right side up in three years. So... This is what we're doing. We're all gathering together as a community, a larger community on a Sunday. That's what church is. But then we go and do life together in smaller communities, in groups called connect groups during the week. And they're what make us family. Um, This isn't a performance. This isn't a show. Uh, This is just all of us coming together and doing life together. And that's what today is specifically about. If you're wondering, why are we talking about Connect so much? Why? Because we want to invite you to become a part of that. We found that our lives have flourished being in that. In, in this community, and we want yours to as well. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I found that we accomplish more together than we do apart. There's a, there's a saying that goes, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And I can promise you, the first 22 years of my life, for those of you who know my story, know that it was an absolute train wreck, basically in every area of life. Um, and that was because I was doing life with the wrong people, or I was trying to do it alone. The last four and a half years since coming into a relationship with God and being in relationship with this community, my life has increased and accelerated in places in ways that I could not have imagined previously. And, you know, emotionally, financially, basically every area of life. And the only way I can explain it is, number one, Jesus became my Lord and Savior. Number two, he gave me the gift of this community, which has then accelerated my life. And the reality is our current life is a product of the relationships that we have chosen. I know, it hurts a little bit. It's good, though. The good news is our future can look different because we can choose and begin to do life in healthy community now, today, and change the trajectory of our lives forever. So the bottom line is community is not actually man's plan to control you, even though some people have done that in different places, in different ways, in different cultures. It's actually God's plan to empower you. So there are three things that I believe that we find in community. So if you're taking notes, there would be three things to write down. The first one would be, in community, we find love and connection. Now, if you study psychology, some of you might, um, you'll know that there are certain basic human needs that we all meet, whether or not they're healthy or unhealthy. Love and connection are two of the most basic human needs. So we all seek them, and we all meet them in some way, shape, or form. Some do it in the form of drugs, Some do it in the form of unhealthy friendships. Some do it in the form of social media, which is a very, it's not really connection. Uh, And the healthiest people do it in community like this. God's desire is for us to find love and connection in healthy community, in healthy relationships. And a good question to ask if you don't know where you're at is, 
who knows me? Who, who really knows me? And then who do you really know? And know not in like, oh, I know Sarah, I know Jack, I know Jim, I know, like you know them, but actually know is broken down. Another word for it would be intimacy. And if you break that word down, it's into me see. So how many people know not the mask version of you, but the unmasked version of you? How many people know the real stuff? How many people know the raw stuff? How many people, you get my point? That's, that's what God wants for us because James 5.16 talks about us taking off our mask, us receiving prayer from other people and getting healed that way. Now, the love that we're talking about in love and connection isn't the type that the world teaches. The world teaches that love is conditional. The world teaches that if you don't meet my expectation, if you don't meet my guidelines, if you don't do it the way I wanted to, then I'm gonna revoke love, I'm gonna take it back and it's completely conditional. The world also teaches that love is if you like someone and you go on a few dates with them, you should sleep with them. That's not the type of love that we're talking about because it's not the type that Jesus models and talks about. He talks about a different type of love. In John 15, verse 13, he says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. John 3:16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. God called his disciples his friends. He did life with them. He partied with them. He ate with them. He, drank, he, he lived with them for three years, and then they went to flip the world upside down. And his plan has always been for us to do life together, especially as believers, because we all want to influence our neighborhoods, our coworkers, our friends, our family. We all want to do that. We all want to see them grow, advance, you know, come to Christ, all those things. But the Bible says that until we love one another, the love won't overflow into our communities. John 13, verse 35 says, by this, all you will know, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So we've gotta to start to have love for one another as believers, as Christians, as a church, because if we don't, what will the world join? They won't wanna join if there's no love in here for each other, because then there's gonna be no love for them. I remember the first time I really experienced this was, uh, basically right after I got saved in this church four and a half years ago, I came, got saved, and uh, came back, and I had been invited to a few connect groups, but really didn't connect with any one of them. That might happen today. You might say, well, I didn't really connect with that person, or I didn't connect with that person, but trust me, you will find a group that you connect with. Um, there's a lot of people here, and there's a lot of groups, so you'll find one that you connect with, and so the following week, I came back to church, and it was the end of service. We had a great, you know, it was a great service. I still didn't really know what was going on, but then this guy, I was sitting like near the back, and this guy afterwards turns to me and, and he says, hey, man, my name's Jeff. And I said, hey, man, my name's Alex. And that began a conversation which became uh, an invitation to go to his connect group. And he wasn't even leading it. it, it he was just attending it. And, uh, and his name was Jeff Q. And, uh, and he ended up becoming one of my greatest friends. But he invited me to his connect group. And it was the first time I saw, started to see healthy relationship. I started to see people take their mask off and be real. It wasn't like a Bible study. Like I thought, I was like, are we all gonna go there and like whip out our Bibles? And like, I was like, I don't even know this thing. I know the Old Testament, I know the Torah. And like, that's not helpful to anybody in this context. Like, I don't know the New Testament. I'm just saying I can't filter it properly, you know? So I, uh, I, I, I went and I started to see people be real. I, and it wasn't like a, a sad fest. It wasn't everybody just like, oh, my life this, my life that. It was actually people talking about their wins, sharing stories of how God blessed them, how they got homes, how they were prospering, how their lives relationally were flourishing. It was, it was, but there was also the other side where it was people needed prayer and people were believing. And we go through life and life has both sides of that. And, and so I came from a, a, a community, I came from a culture where if you took your mask off, um, you wouldn't be loved anymore. If you were real, 
you were weak. And so I put on a mask my entire life thinking that I had to be this certain way for certain people or I wouldn't be loved. And I was trained that way and the world teaches you that. And so when I came into the community of God, I found that I could take my mask off to the right people and, and tell them what was really going on, what I was really struggling with, and, and they could help me, and they could pray for me, and then I was getting healing. Because some of you have been forgiven by God 100% because you've, you've, you know, you've repented, you've been forgiven by God, but you're wondering why there's still this twinge. You're wondering why there's still this hurt. You're wondering why there's still this pain. It's because the Bible says that we must go to one another for healing. And I found that I was forgiven, but I wasn't healed. And as I began to confess my trespass, as I began to get help, as I began to get wisdom, as I began to get advice, as I began to get prayed for, I found that the first prophecies I ever got about my life were in Connect Group. The first time I received prayer was not in a Sunday service, but it was in Connect Group. The first time I actually had real authentic was in Connect Group. And, uh, and so long story short, my life began to spiral upward because of these relationships. And so Jeff Q and I became fast friends. Little did I know, at the same time I was in Connect Group, at the exact same time I was dealing with all this, um, there was a beautiful girl named Tanae Laframboise. And she was also in Connect Group with a friend named Sharice Morgan. And Sharice and her really hit it off. They have like the same birthdays. They got baptized the same day. Sharice's middle name is Tanae. It's this whole crazy thing. But um, they, were, they were fast friends. And at the same time I was going through this whole healing process, Tanae was going through this whole healing process with Sharice. And then what happened was because God started to do so much in our lives, we got asked to then lead a connect group together. So it was Jeff, myself, Tanae and Sharice came together to lead a college connect group. And it was incredible, it was fun, but that's where we met. And that's where, you know, the internship and that. And then we began to start getting close and then uh, started dating. And then, you know, fast forward a year, we got married. And, uh, and guess who was our best man and our maid of honor? Jeff Q and Sharice Morgan. You see, when we do life in community authentically and vulnerably, we will experience the joy of love and connection in our lives and make friends that become family. So when you find a connect group, you'll find those friends. And the second thing that we find in community is growth and development. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Probably heard that before. If you're not inspired by those in your circle, you're actually not in a circle, you're in a cage. Here's why. If you're not intentional with your friendships and selecting them, the devil will be. You see, there's this concept, there's this principle in the world called drift. It's called the power of drift. And we were at the river last week, myself, Dr. Matt, and a few other guys um, from our mastermind group, and we like to do this thing called a float. So the river has a current, right? The river has a current. It, it, it floats one way. So we get out of the boat, into the water, and we have our life jackets. Don't worry, safety first. And... Uh, <laughs> And so we just float. We let the river take us. We let the river, because the river's going to go where it's going to go, regardless of what we do, it's going to go. And so we didn't have to try that way. We just drifted that way. We drifted that way. In the same way, since sin has entered this world, everything drifts towards death and decay. It's the reason why if you don't water a flower, it drifts towards decay and death. It's the reason if you're not intentional with what you eat and how you exercise, your body will drift towards death and decay. It's the reason why if you're not intentional with your finances, your money will drift. It's the reason if you're not intentional with your marriage, it will drift towards separation. You see, the kingdom of God requires intentionality. The kingdom of God is not the kingdom of this world. It requires diligence, intentionality, and the same thing applies to our relationships. 
And I found that if I'm just alone, like if it's just me and God, I will drift towards out of alignment. I will drift towards not following him in terms of obedience. But that's why God gave us people. He gave us people to see things we don't see. He gave us people to say, hey, Alex, you know, how's this area of your life going? How's this going? How's this going? I remember the first time people started getting my business, like Jeff Q, for instance. I didn't even say this in the last service. Jeff Q, I didn't like the guy initially. I liked him, but I didn't like him. You know why? Because this first time we hung out, the very first time, so this is before we even went to Connect Group. He's like, hey, man, let's go get tacos and PB, man. I'm like, that's cool. He was like, he was like kind of wading me into the water of Christianity. He's like, let's go grab a beer, not 10. Let's go grab a beer. I said, that's great. I, I haven't tried one beer. Let's see what that's like. <laughs> it was a really interesting experience, but it was healthy. And, uh, and so we're getting tacos. We're standing in line. I'll never forget it. We're at World Famous in PB, if any of you know it. And, uh, and he's like, hey, man, so what's going on? What's, you know, and he was asking me about life. And and so I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm about to move in with my girlfriend and uh, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> Excuse me? Like, I'm a week, two weeks saved. And the homie's like, you're not doing that. And, uh, and, and I just didn't even know what to say. I was like, well, that was weird. Like, <laughs> let's not talk about that, obviously. And, uh, but as a good friend, he spoke into it. As a good friend, he challenged me. He said, hey, man, I know you're working this out. I know you're figuring this out. But I was about to do the same thing. And then this person helped. It was literally a chain of, of, of seeing what God was doing and helping me get free. It ended up being the most freeing, amazing thing because that's how I met beautiful Tanae. And uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. So I'm thankful someone was in my business. I'm thankful that I have a pastor and a friend who's willing to get in my business uh, because they love me and they care about me. So if people start to get in your business, it's actually because they care. Just a thought. Your circle of friends will either make or break you. If you want an area of your life to improve, start finding people and hanging around people who have what you want in life because you become the average of your five closest friends. And that's not some personal development, you know, jabber. It's actually biblical. If you look in Proverbs 13, verse 20, it says, he who walks with wise men or he who walks with broke men, he who walks with people who get drunk, he who will become that, will become wise, will become, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to get destroyed. So I'm not going to hang out with a companion of fools. Now, before I was saved, I actually understood this principle because it's, it's, it's personal development. They teach it in that because personal development literally is just the Bible deconstructed and then put into a context where the world can understand. And so I was studying it and I knew that I, I just had to find the right people to get, you know, be successful, all that stuff. And so I did. Um, but they were just chasing after money, after fame, after cars, after all this stuff. And those things aren't bad, but when you're chasing those things and you're forgetting about purpose, peace, joy, you know, all those things, then your life is miserable. And that's exactly where I was. And so when I came to church, I actually found people who had health in every area of life that I wanted. I found pastors, I found leaders, I found people that were leading connect groups and even people just in connect groups that had the life I wanted. And so I said, Oh, the same principle. If I just get around them, if I can insert myself into their life, into their connect group, into the whatever, then I'm going to find life, and I'm going to find life abundantly on the other side of that. And, uh, and research shows the exact same thing. There's research on friendships, like science, that talks about increased work performance, resisting temptation. And so the first one, I'm going to quote it, says, friends motivate you to work harder. If you want to get better grades, earn that next promotion, or make more money, hang out with the people who are already doing those things. How smart. A 2015 study conducted by some science people found that the academic performance of over 100 Russian university students was similar to that of their friends. Those who hung out with high achievers improved their own performance. 
And what about those who hung out with underachievers? Underperform. The second part is res resisting temptation. Friends can bolster your self-control. Don't over underestimate the power of friends to help you resist temptation. A series done at Duke University revealed that people who have low self-control are better able to resist their temptations when they surround themselves with strong-willed friends, which is why the antidote to addiction is not just sobriety. It's sobriety in community of people who are sober because if you're the one out of 12 that is trying to get sober and the other 11 already are, guess where you're headed? Same thing applies to wealth. Same thing applies to any area of your life. If you want it improved, insert yourself into community. It also talks about, um, from the American Psychological Association, how community improves health. So they did a study with like 300,000 people, and they basically said, all right, you're either going to say you have weak social connections or you have strong social connections. Really simple, really easy. We're going to measure your life over a series of time, and then we're going to see how healthy you are in terms of all these different things. So the people with weak social connections, actually the mortality was 50% higher if they had weaker social connections. So that's really bad, really sad. But they equaled it out to basically be like, if you had weak social connections, you might as well be smoking 15 cigarettes a day is the health detriment that it equates to. So get some friends, don't die, it's awesome. Get some friends, find a connect group. It's not a fear tactic, it's just science, okay? I'm trying to help you. And, uh, and what's, what's brilliant is it, it talks about too how the feeling of isolation is actually worse than being isolated. You see, it's not being alone or not that affects your health, this doctor says. He says, you can feel terribly isolated when you're around other people. You see, if we want increased performance, if we want to resist temptation, if we want health and happiness, the key isn't just being surrounded by people. It's actually by being vulnerable with the right people. And that's the key. And so I remember when uh, it was a couple years into me being saved, this was like two, two years ago, um, we had just gotten married. And I had just come on staff uh, to church. I'd done the internship. My life was, you know, taken off, and, and God was doing some incredible things. And I started to kind of think, oh, I kind of got this. Like, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily need community the same way I did before. I, I was in Connect Group, but I, I, don't, I don't really, I don't have time for Connect Group um, now that I'm, you know, on staff, now that I'm this leader. And, and watch what dialogue comes up when you're, when you're giving excuses on why you don't need to be in a Connect Group anymore whether it's you're traveling too much or your business is taken off, whatever the case is, I found that there were plenty of excuses for me not to be in community. But the challenge was I was less than a year married. I had just started working at church. I had just started a business, and I was trying to do everything on my own. And we had uh, this pastor named Chris Hodges, Pastor Chris Hodges, and he pastors a church in Alabama that has 55,000 people come on a Sunday, like 19 locations, absolute crazy successful. And, uh, and so I looked up to him a lot, you know, being, doing what I do at church. And we got to have a private meeting with him, just a few of us, and ask questions. And he was going to, you know, kind of give us feedback. And so I'm thinking like, oh, I'm crushing it. Like, he's going to love all these systems. He's going to love everything I'm doing. I can't wait. This is going to be like so incredible. And, uh, and so he's sitting there, literally sitting right there. And I'm sitting right here. And Pastor Stacy, who's the, our executive pastor, um, was sitting right there. And so we're all sitting together. And, uh, and he's like, okay, so tell me about, you know, tell me about the system. Tell me about what you do when new guests come and people come to cry. I'm like, tell me what you do. And so I told him, and I was like, yeah, you know, our goal is to get people in connect groups, you know, relationships, take the mask off. I was basically quoting, like, stuff he says. And, uh, 
And so I'm like, oh, he's going to love this. And I was like, yeah. And then, you know, we want to get people on team because if, you know, if they're part of a mission, then their, their life's going to flourish and all this stuff. And, and he's sitting there and I'm like waiting for him to be like, that's amazing, Alex. I can't believe you're like doing that. And he doesn't do that. And then he's like, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And I'm ready to write down notes. And he's like, uh, are, are you in a connect group? I kind of like glanced at him, glanced at Pastor Stacy, glanced down at my notepad as if the answer was there. And I thought, I wonder if he would know. I was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't lie. He talks to God. I was like, uh, I'm not, I'm not in a connect group. And I was about to say, you know, cause I'm a leader, I'm, you know, I'm too busy, all this stuff. And he's like, can I give you some, some feedback? And so I'm about to write it down. Like, oh, cool. He didn't really care about that. He's just trying to give me some feedback on, on this other stuff. And he's like, uh, you, you wouldn't be on staff at my church. This guy I look up to is just like destroyed. But it was, uh, it was for my benefit. I was so upset. This time. I, I don't even think I talked the rest of the time. I think I asked him a question at the end, and it was just, it was all, it was bad. Long story short, I didn't even get the picture that day. It took me a year of trying all this stuff on my own and trying to figure out marriage when I'm, like, trying to figure out, sorry, trying to figure all this stuff to realize I actually needed community. And the reason that he said that was not because he's legalistic and all these things. It was actually because he's found in his church, all of his pastors, all of his leaders, everybody's on in connect groups because he knows that it's not just new people that need connect groups, not just people who have nothing to do. We all need community if we wanna go to the next level in our lives. And so I finally got in connect group again and realized that I was so hesitant to take the mask off again at this level. It's actually harder as you grow to take the mask off continuously because you'll find that you thought that the reasons that God has elevated you was because you've done all this stuff when in reality it's actually God's grace to empower you to that level and we never grow beyond needing to be vulnerable with people. And so that's, that's a word for somebody. If you found that you're too busy, you're too this, you're too that, you need a connect group. Um, so find one today. The last thing as we're closing is in community we find courage and we find contribution. You know, God gave us community so that we would find the courage to do things and have the faith for things that we never knew were possible. And so that we could actually be that for other people. We need to hear other people's wins. We need to hear God's stories of people buying homes. We need to hear people starting businesses and making millions of dollars. We need to hear about people thriving in relationships. We need to hear about prodigal sons and daughters coming back to God. We need to hear the things that we're believing for, we need to hear in other people. That's why men's prayer, that's why women's prayer is so powerful because you hear what God is doing through other people. Even if you show up a little late like I do, you can still come and it's still really encouraging. I'm being transparent, okay? Shame, it's no shame. But, re but really, for us to fully experience life, we need both input and we need output. We need people speaking into us and we need to be speaking in other people's lives. Everyone needs a Paul, everyone needs a Timothy. And if you find that you're only doing one of those things right now, maybe you're leading and you're finding that you're only leading but you're not getting any receiving, you need to change that and you need to find a group that can speak into you. Or maybe you're receiving and the reason you feel unfulfilled is because you don't have anybody that you're pouring that same wisdom back into courage and contribution and I'm about to play a video and don't play the video yet I'll tell you I'll, I'll say when but um, this last week at the river this is this is really recent um, I uh, we, we went to the river with our mastermind group and kind of the the initiation thing it's not it's not mandatory but it's you know it's mandatory and uh, is to jump off this 40-foot cliff and I hate heights I literally hate heights more than anything 
Uh, snakes, snakes and heights, snakes and heights. So there will never be anything I will do with snakes. I hope he doesn't make me do that. Okay, so why did I say that? All right, let's get back on track, people. So, oh, I'm really nervous now. Uh, so the first year I went, last year, I had convinced myself that I just didn't like cliff jumping, that I just didn't like heights. I just, it wasn't for me, it's not my thing. And besides all the, you know, the, the encouragement that I got from my, <laughs> my peers, um, I didn't do it because I didn't really care. I was like, you know what? You can say whatever you want. I ain't jumping off that thing. And so I didn't. But my buddy Nick, Nick Unsworth, he said something to me that day that stuck. And it stuck for the last 52 weeks since I had gone back. He said, and he kind of said it jokingly. It wasn't even like super serious. But for me, it was something that God spoke. To. It was like, it was a word from God. It was, how's that showing up in other areas of your life? Afraid to jump. And, and I had kind of found myself, I thought I was a pretty like courageous person, pretty fearless person when it came to stepping out and doing certain things. But I found that there was another level that God wanted to take me. And so this year, last week, when we went to the river, I was getting the same encouragement. Um, and, and I was still like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And they kept pushing and, and they were pushing because God was pushing on something. And that's the beautiful thing about community is they see things you don't see. I saw from my filter, from my perspective, I just don't want to do it. I'm just not into it. But that was a story I had rehearsed in my head for so many years. What they saw was there was a fear that needed to be snapped. And that is the same thing with our life. We need people in our lives to call out blind spots, things that we may even not see. I would ask you, what are the areas? But you wouldn't know because they're blind spots. You're blind to it. That's why you need community, point things out to help you go to the next level. And so what I do is I just said, you know what? They're seeing something I don't see. I'm gonna trust them. I'm gonna trust them, I'm gonna jump. And so if we could play the video real quick. This is a 40 foot cliff, people. This was, it looked like 80 feet. It seriously looked like 80 feet. I didn't wanna do it, but what you can't hear is all the encouragement, all the love, all the, you know, all the love. It's not that high, dude, just jump, bro. Here we go. Yeah, I landed a little funny. I got a bruise on my butt. It's fine. Um, but I can tell you that that moment was so exhilarating. You can, you can take it down. I'm getting, ugh, relapse. <laughs> but seriously, that moment, that moment snapped something. That moment broke something open in my life. And I, I can tell you this, that there are areas in your life, there are moments like that for you that are waiting on the other side of community. What breakthrough? is on the other side. What stories have you been rehearsing in your head that you need someone else to call out and say, hey man, I think you need to step into time. Hey man, I think you need to step up in general. I think you need to launch this business. I think you need to ask that girl. I think there is something on the other side. There is breakthrough on the other side of healthy community. And the flip side of that is you get to be what they were to me. You get to contribute to other people's lives. Romans 8:28 says, that all things work together for good for those who loved God or are called according to his purpose. You see, there are pains, there are circumstances, there are struggles in your life that you went through that are not just for you to go through and be like, wow, God got me through that. It's actually for you to share with other people. It's actually for you to light people up and say, hey, I overcame that addiction, here's how. Hey, I started prospering financially, here's how. Hey, I got out of debt, here's how. Hey, I have that most epic marriage, here's how. 
that's for you to be able to do. The Bible says they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So who is the person that you get to contribute to? What's the group you get to speak into? God's plan for our life is community so that you would have the life he's always dreamed for you. Community so that you will experience love and connection as he, as he designed it, so you'd be developed and grow into all he's created you for, and so that you'd have the courage to live an epic life and help other people do the same. So what's your next step? Maybe it's jumping in for the very first time into community, into Connect Group, and today you can do that. Maybe it's committing to showing up regularly to Connect Group or in community, and not just once a month or every other month. And maybe for some of you, it's showing up when you show up. Some of you might have perfect attendance, physically, but emotionally, nobody knows your stuff. You're walking around with bitterness, pain, unease, because you have refused to take the mask off and show people how real you are. We can be real good at putting masks on as Christians, probably the best out there. But I can tell you, healing, empowerment, love, all those things, life comes out of transparency, out of vulnerability. So what's your step today? God wants to do something in your life. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com.